Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Thanks, guys. I just love Prash and Paige and what they're doing in our church and young adults. I honour them. They're having such a big influence uh, on the future leaders of our church and just think they're amazing and they have the cutest kid in the world except for maybe a couple of mine, but uh, Avery is just a little, little cute little man. He's awesome. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to those online. Welcome to those in person. Uh, I do want to say thank you for your generosity every week. Many of you faithfully tithe. Many of you give. It's actually because of your generosity we're able to respond this week to the devastation of the floods in Western Sydney and Western New South Wales. Uh, they predict it's a 50-year flood. That's how bad it is. And so as a church, we've committed to $10,000 that we will be giving to immediate relief for those who are uh, in need of food, clothing and shelter. So we'll be actually sending some of those funds on Monday through a a local agency. And uh, then we're having a long-term approach where we want to, as a church, actually go out and help people physically. So we're going to get some shovels and gloves and buckets and go out in the cleanup. It'll take a little longer to plan and prepare because it's often waiting for the floods to reside and and, and the water levels to go down. Um, But our missions director, uh, Sanjeev and and Jocelyn are going to lead that charge. So thank you guys. They'll be available after the service. Um, If you're online, you can just send us a, a red card. We'll give you information how we as a church. But how cool is it? Come on, church. That we can throw 5K to, uh, on Monday and another 5K uh, to help those victims of the flood. I think we need to honour our God. We need to honour Him. And as your pastor, I want to say thank you. It's because of your giving. Uh, you know, we had this money set aside for a rainy day. Get it? And it was a rainy day, except it was a rainy couple of weeks. Um, but your giving, your tithing, we, re- we pull some of those funds aside to be able to reach out to our community and do the missions work that God is calling us to do. So that's great news. All right, here we go. Week four, the last week of I Need a Ghost. We're wrapping up this series on the Holy Ghost today. We're calling it Drunk in the Spirit. Not Jack Daniels, not Bundy. No, not gin and tonic, not the old VB, drunk in the Holy Spirit, just in case you were wondering, we're a church. (laughs) Can't believe you thought that. But we are talking about the Holy Spirit and what Scripture says about being drunk in the Holy Spirit. Let me start with a story. Um, I I travel uh, in in my role uh, for years. I've travelled for Elevation. We have 10 locations and every week I would go out and visit another one from Cairns to Melbourne to uh, Mandurah and WA all over Australia. Uh, And as you know, I'm the location pastor here at Sydney, so I'm, I'm here uh, pretty much every weekend. Well, we also I also travel overseas. And a couple of years back, I did a trip for INC churches through Europe, specifically uh, uh, Great Britain, uh, Scotland, and Bonnie was with me. And on the way back, we were doing a layover in Dubai with Emirates, and it was a long trip. Let me tell you, we're just done. Just get me home. We're stuck in economy, and it's just feel like a, you're a piece of cattle just pushed into a little seat the whole time and had a big layover. Anyway, I didn't know what to do. And Bonnie said, I wonder if we can get into one of those lounges. You know, 
the lounges, right? Well, in Australia, I've got this little Qantas card because I'm part of INC. It's one of the group deals we get with a discount so I can get into the lounges. Um, but I said, hey, babe, we can't get into one of those big fancy lounges internationally because um, I'm, I'm not with Emirates. I'm, I'm, I'm with the, the Qantas club. And she said, well, have you asked? I said, asked? I'm an international traveller. I know these things. I don't need to ask. They won't let us in. And she said, well, why don't you ask just to make sure? I said, I'm not asking. That's embarrassing. You know, I don't want to get a rejection or a no. And she said, well, if you won't ask, I will. So she takes a little card up to the desk and says, hey, does this get us anything? Sure enough, every, the, the sea parted of people and, and the red carpet came out. We got access into not the business lounge, You might not know this, but internationally there is a couple of lounges above the business lounge. Uh, Yeah, there's actually one, there's a first and then there's special ones. Anyway, we got into one of the top lounges where you have your private chef, you have your showers and you get a robe and slippers. I'm wearing this robe with pride, wearing my slippers around, got my private chef. They even have massage. You can book in and get a massage while you're waiting. And so we're living the dream, living large, right? And Bonnie didn't say, I told you so. Um, But I was grateful that she asked and we got access. You know where this story's going, hey? As Christians, we walk through life in economy. What does that mean? Well, we're saved, but we miss out on all the promises and the gifts and and what God has for us because we don't understand the role of the Holy Spirit. And maybe today you're a believer and you feel I just can't get a breakthrough. You know, I feel like I'm just wrestling, I'm fatigued, I'm tired, I'm frazzled, I'm stressed, I'm just not winning. I'm going through life in economy, you know, I'm suffering. I just don't have the victory that I read in Scripture. Maybe it's because you don't understand the role of the Holy Spirit in your life. Luke eleven thirteen. your heavenly Father, give the Holy Spirit to those who what? Who what? Say it with me, who ask. Come on online, you can join in to say who ask. He doesn't give it to those who have been a Christian a long time. He doesn't give it to those who are in leadership positions. He doesn't give it to those who give to the flood <laughs> or, or, you know, contribute financially or, or serve faithfully. Who does He give it to? Anyone who asks. Isn't that powerful? Are you asking God to give you the Holy Spirit? Are you walking around with this Qantas club, yet you're not getting any benefits that are available to you? The word ask in the, in the Greek means atheo, atheo, means to beg, crave, desire, desire. The word is more frequently suggests the attitude of one who is lesser in position than he to whom the petition is made, like a child to a parent or a subject to a king or a beggar to a passerby. When was the last time you asked the Father for the Holy Spirit? As we've studied over these four weeks, the Holy Spirit, the filling is an ongoing experience for the believer. 
Uh, as Pentecostals in our INC Declaration of Faith, we believe the baptism of the Holy Spirit or being filled with the Holy Spirit is a distinct and ongoing experience that is promised to the believer. Uh, being filled with the Spirit comes after salvation. It denotes ownership and security. Without it, we miss the benefits that are made available to us. Scripture is clear about the gifts of the Spirit that are available to every believer who asks for them. We kind of live life like a man walking 20 Ks to work every day, yet there's a Lamborghini in his garage and he's not maximising what he has. Paul says, be filled with the Spirit in Ephesians 5.18. Grammar here in this language clearly says, be constantly being filled with the Holy Spirit. The filling of the Holy Spirit is not a one-time event that we live off for the rest of our lives. It's a constant daily asking and filling. It's constantly saying, God, fill me with your Spirit. Guide me, direct me, counsel me. Fill me. It's a receiving. Think of it like you're driving your car. You can't go forever until you have to stop and fill the tank. Who, who here lets your tank go to reserve and the light comes on? Any, any light people? I, I like, that's me. I push it, man. I, I push it to the limit. I like actually, this is how sick I am. I like filling up the tank and I know it's an 80 litre tank. I like seeing if I can ever get to 79, 79 and a half, 80 litres. I just, I don't know why in my mind. But the wise, mature ones of you who wait till you're a quarter full. Who are the quarters? You fill up. You fill up a quarter? Okay, who are the half fill? You're half fill, I think. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, okay. This is the attitude that God wants us to have with being filled. Don't wait till it's empty. Don't wait till you've got a problem in your life that you can't fix. Don't, don't, don't wait till you've got a crisis at work. Don't, don't wait until all hell breaks loose in the home. No, be constantly filled. It's daily. God, fill me. Fill me today. Somehow work that in as you're driving your car, as you're going to work, as you're you're thinking, as you're having a quiet time. God, fill me, God, fill me, God, fill me. Here's the reason why we should ask God to fill me, because God wants to fill you. He desperately wants to give you these wonderful gifts that He has for you. Imagine if I had these great toys for my children at Christmas time and I gave them the toy in a box wrapped up and they said, thanks, Dad. But they never opened the box. They never played with it. I'd be heartbroken as a dad. Um, what usually happens is they open it and break it anyway, but at least they're using it, right? So how much more does the Father in heaven want to fill you today? want to give you His gifts. I pray this really is, is, is like a light bulb moment that God has more for you. And all it takes is you asking because He wants to give His gifts to you. We'll share a Scripture that reveals the heart of the Father that'll give you boldness and confidence to ask in the future. Luke 11, 5. Then 
teaching more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread and you say to him, a friend of mine has arrived for a visit and I don't have anything to give him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me, the door is locked for the night. My family are all in bed, I can't help you. So the custom of the day, and this is how this story uh, works in context, was they would live in a one-bedroom house and all the family would live on a raised platform. They'd sleep on the raised platform. On the lower platform in the house were the animals, maybe a goat or a sheep. And if you were to wake up and walk through, you would wake everyone up in the household. That's why this story is so powerful. The guy's like, no, it's, it's too hard. But I tell you this, even though He won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, He will what? He will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Now, our wives have this spiritual gift of asking, don't they? They understand this principle in Scripture that if you ask once is not enough. Bonnie asked me to do something around the house. It's gonna take more than one asking. There's something about a persistence. Ladies, come on, little amen here, little amen. Guys, like, yeah, that's right. If you ask me, I'll do it. And so this this powerful uh, principle is actually founded in Scripture. Now, let me just say, wives, don't don't go home and say, Miles said I can persistently, uh, what's the word there? Uh, Shamelessly ask. I'm not saying that because Proverbs does say something about a dripping tap. There's something about that. It's not good. Anyway, I'll leave that for you and your spouse to study God's Word together. But there is something about persistently asking that moves the heart of God. Why is that? Because our persistence doesn't change God, it changes us. So God's not saying, I'm hard of hearing. You really want it. God isn't trying to change His desire to give us gifts. He's trying to change you. Now, I know you're gonna find this hard to believe, but when I was dating Bonnie, she dropped me. Harsh, rough, like dropped me like a rock. Like, it's over, buddy. Done, yeah. Heartbroken. Now, I might have been flirting with some other girls in the church. I'm not sure. I might have been distracted and hadn't talked to her for a couple of days. You know, I don't know. I just, just it may, maybe some of that. But when I heard that she had dropped me, man, I'm in my car. I drove straight to her house. I fell to my knees and I begged her to take me back. And she just kept saying no. And I just kept begging. In fact, I said, I'm not leaving this place until you take me back. And I look back on that story and I realised I wasn't changing her. I was changing me. That it was a wake up call, Miles, that you better get your act in order here. You you better not be this non-committal, whiffy-waffy, loose-goose young man who doesn't know what he wants, right? You need to be strong and committed and firm and focused. And, And I changed through the asking. God wants to position us to change where we want Him more than anything else where we want His presence, where we want to be filled, where we will forsake 
all others. Everything else that might vie for our attention, we put Him first in our life and say, God daily, would you fill me? We'll continue on. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find it. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you for everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds and everyone who knocks the door will be open. Your fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you not give the, uh, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. Here's the truth of God's heart. If you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? <laughs> how much more? How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who what? Who ask of Him. The whole key to being filled of the Spirit and receiving His gifts is to ask because He wants to give His children good gifts today. You gotta believe this. You gotta let this sink in. He wants the best for you. He's not mad at you. He's not waiting for you to, you know, get your act together or, or get things sorted out or be the perfect person. All He wants you to do is to ask. Paul says in Ephesians 5.18, don't be drunk with wine because it will ruin your life. Instead, be filled, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, it's interesting that Paul uses this word drunk. And in fact, when Holy Spirit was first released in Pentecost in Acts 2.15, people thought they were drunk. And we see in Scripture, these people were not drunk. As some of you were assuming, it's nine o'clock in the morning, it's too early for that. But why does Scripture use the word drunk to parallel the understanding of being filled? Well, why is that? Well, think about it. When, when you are drunk of alcohol, you come under the influence of it, right? Come on, some of you know about this. Bonnie told me all about it. What happens is you, you start acting differently, right? You, you think differently, you, you, you speak different. You know, some of you start singing. Some of you think you can do things that you've never done before in your life. Uh, you get this confidence and this boldness, you know, they're, they're, you're under the influence. It's interesting that Satan often counterfeits the real truth by offering something that's less than and is actually destructive. So we should be under the influence of the Spirit means we're gonna act differently, think differently and speak differently. It's interesting, isn't it? So you think about being drunk, you just don't have one sip and you're done. It's an ongoing filling, isn't it? Come on, some of you know what I'm talking, it's church, it's all right. This is pre-Christ, this is before you were saved, so it's, it's all right, you, 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 get, you, you get it, right? It's ongoing, same with the Spirit of God, it's an ongoing filling. It's constant, it's daily, it's God fill me. And what happens, you start to think differently, you, you start to love God and you start to love others. You talk differently. You start encouraging and building up. You're not as critical anymore. You, you don't pull people down. If you don't have something nice to say, don't say it at all. 
That's what we say in our family. Sometimes our kids will prod and stir and point. If you don't have something nice to say, don't say it at all. That's our rule. But but when you are filled, you speak well. You you lift up. You don't criticise the church. You don't pull things down. You're not negative. You, You build people up. And then what do you do? You act differently. Suddenly you start serving others. You're helping out. You're thoughtful and caring and generous. You've got integrity. You you start operating with the fruits of the Spirit. It all comes back to asking and filling. It's not a one-off event. This is why I think so many Christians don't live their best. This is why so many Christians walk around in an economy. They've got no idea the benefits that are available to them. If they would just ask and just receive the gifts are for them. So what about church meetings and the gifts? What about speaking in tongues? Well, Paul explains in 1 Corinthians 14:5, I wish you could all speak in tongues. But he also gives context and an understanding where tongues fits into a church meeting. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you, Paul goes on to say. But it is in a church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language. In other words, speaking in tongues is a gift. It's available to the believer to build the believer up. But Paul is saying it's not designed to be used in a church meeting. We'll continue on. Verse 2. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. You'll be speaking by what? By the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. I believe speaking in tongues is a gift that's available to believers who can seek it. And it actually helps us to be filled with the Spirit. It connects us with God and removes our mind that might hinder us connecting with God. Um, But anyone who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. Pretty clear, isn't it? I wish you could all speak in tongues, Paul says, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy for prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues unless someone interprets what you are saying so that the whole church will be strengthened. Even so, if believers or people who don't understand these things come into your church meeting and hear everyone speaking in an unknown language, they'll think you're all crazy. Many of us have been in that environment where these people are crazy, right? Let me just explain. Crazy in this context is not good. Okay, crazy means bad. Uh, Crazy, uh, um, you know, it means people have lost their mind. Uh, They're not right in their mind. Um, We've all had stories where we've walked into a church meeting and they're all crazy. Well, the purpose of the church meeting is not just for churched people, it's also for unchurched people. So it's not just for the believer, it's also for the unbeliever. 
And so the purpose of our church meeting is that we can experience the power and the presence of God through worship and His teaching and that you have the confidence to bring your friends and your family and they're not gonna think we're crazy. Because I've brought people to church where there's been crazy stuff. They've walked straight out the door and never come back. We wanna be a church that we believe in the Holy Spirit and His gifts, but we understand their roles and their places for using those gifts. Now, I believe one thing is very important that we need to do better as church leaders at equipping our people. And that's why on our Monday nights, we have these discipleship courses. In fact, there's one tomorrow night where you can come and we will pray for you to receive the gift of speaking in tongues. I pray you would all come because there's other gifts that we wanna release on your life. But the church meeting is designed to meet the church and also the unchurch. Does, Does that all make sense? So we wholeheartedly embrace the Holy Ghost. We wanna be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, it doesn't end with us. So let me give you my story of the Qantas Club. It never intended me to sit in that lounge with my robe and my slippers and getting a haircut. Did you know that there are people that cut your hair in this lounge? I mean, I always had a private chef in my robe with my slippers on. Getting a haircut, glory to God, praise the Lord. It couldn't be better than that, right? But I was never destined to stay there. I was only destined to pass through there to continue on my travels. The Holy Spirit fills us so that for two reasons, doesn't just sit with us so we feel better about ourselves and we have all these gifts and talents. The Holy Spirit fills us so we can benefit others and build up the body and we can give worship back to our God. Ephesians 5.18, don't be drunk with wine because that'll ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, you ready? Here's the outcome. Here's the evidence. Here's the outworking of being filled with the Spirit. Singing Psalms. Come on, guys. Singing hymns and spiritual songs amongst yourselves. Isn't that beautiful? We are filled with the Holy Spirit. Not that it sits with us so that we can push the Kingdom of God forward by using the gifts He gives us and we can give worship and glory back to Him. How beautiful is that, that Paul wraps this up, uh, being filled with the Holy Spirit so you can sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Today, as we're filled with the Spirit, we're gonna sing songs. We're gonna worship Him. We're gonna give Him the glory that He so deserves. Would you stand wherever you are, online or here in person, I'm gonna pray for God to fill you. This is something you can do on your own, you can do every day. I do this personally every day. God, fill me. Father, I pray for every person who's watching online, everyone that's under, uh, listening to my voice, everyone that's here in person, would you fill us, God? Fill them with the Holy Spirit. Fill them, Lord. 
Fill them, Lord. Fill them, Lord. I would ask for you to just raise your hands if you could and just lift your hands up and say, fill me, God. Fill me. Just say it with me. Fill me, God. Fill me, Lord. Wherever you are. I I know you might be at home or in the car. It might be a bit weird. It's okay. Just say, fill me. God, fill me. Say it again. Fill me, God. Fill me with Your Spirit. Father, I pray You'd fill us. Fill us with Your presence, Your power. Fill us with the Holy Spirit so we can worship You, so we can give You glory, so we can give You honour. We pray. In Jesus' Name, we're gonna worship our God and a sign and an evidence of being filled is giving Him glory and giving Him praise. Amen. Thanks, Anna.